Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We're today with John Wellborn, who's the CEO of Resolute Mining. John, how are you? Good, thanks, Matthew. Glad to be here. Yeah, you're in London. Mines and money and one-to-one? Do you manage both? No, just mines and money. Right, okay. You're here telling the story. Well, and we're in London now. During the year, we listed and we've, we've uh, yeah. acquired Torrey Gold, so we've got a local Price. office. So right. at home here for a change. But you're, you're an Aussie, right? No, I'm from Perth. Yeah, okay, great. So why don't you kick off one minute summary for people new to the story, uh, and we'll take it from there. Resolute Mining is an Australian gold mining company. We've been operating in Africa for more than 20 years. Mm-hmm. We've got four gold mines at the moment, three of them are in production. Uh, and we're looking to be an African-focused multi-mine gold producer. Pay a dividend, you can take it in cash or gold. Uh, and ultimately, our motto, uh, as we've been explaining at the Mines and Money Conference here, is mine gold and create value. Nice, nice summary. Now, you, we, I was here for the launch uh, when you were at the stock exchange. That was, um, when was that? Was that June. June, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, things have gone great guns for you the past couple of years. Gone, has it gone according to plan? Uh, yeah, very much so. I've been at Resolute for four years and my enthusiasm and excitement about joining the company has only got better. I mm. always thought that Resolute is a fantastic platform mm. to build an African-focused gold company. You know, Investors in London would be familiar with Rand Gold, which has been one of the best performing stocks over any period of time. Mm. Uh, and I'm an unashamed fan of what uh, Mark Bristow was able to achieve with Rand Gold. We actually have an ex-Rand Gold asset at the cornerstone of our portfolio. Yeah. We've been developing an underground mine. We're now commissioning that. Yeah. Uh, we've bought a new mine during the year, and we're looking for more opportunities. Okay, I see. I'm, exci- I'm excited to understand a little bit more of the, about the way that you guys think about this. Obviously, you're growing. You know, if I look back at the beginning of 2018, you had a what, 140,000 ounce, that's something slightly above that. Now, end of the year, you're going to look at 400,000 ounce. So you're growing the ounces, you're trying to build something. Can you describe to us maybe four years ago when you walked in what you saw? Yeah, it's good. Well, I, I sort of um, would claim to have reverse recruited myself into the role. So my observation of Resolute okay. probably started two years before that, where actually I was working on an iron ore project in Africa in the same building. Right. Um, but four years ago, Resolute you know, had uh, some debt and balance sheet issues. Uh, our asset in Australia was uh, at the end of its mine life. Mm-hmm. And Siama was coming to the end of its open pit mine life mm. uh, with, with some un- somewhat uh, uncertain future as to whether it was an underground mine or not. Yeah. Um, uh, and so production was trailing off uh, and it was a little bit of a challenging time. So, but the strategy outside the business has been exactly what we've done over the last three or four years. Siama right. um, is a 10 million ounce ore body. It, mm. It's a fantastic, it's a world-class ore body, which is why Rangold owned it. It's been challenged metallurgically, so, and it needed a new future underground. So what we've been investing in and building is technology and core competency mm-hmm. um, to improve our recoveries and create the throughput through the underground mine and okay. we're building an autonomous mine. So that's been the core centre of the strategy, but the, okay. the, the output of that is to actually then expand the portfolio. So we've started to spread our rings um, somewhat prematurely as we expand Siama. Mm-hmm. The next step, will, next year will be even more fun as Siama starts hitting its stride and we look at, uh, at other opportunities. So that's the cornerstone. Okay, Siama's the cornerstone. We, we will talk, talk about yeah. it a little bit in a second, but just coming, coming back to this, what's going on in the head. So you guys, you, you sit in your board meetings and you have discussions about what you're trying to build. You, you're safely a mid-tier producer. You, 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 can, you can say that. 
where's it going to? We'd like to run a diversified portfolio of good mines. So that's four to six mines. We don't have a... Why? A, 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 because the, that's the right number in terms of synergy. If you right. look at uh, the successful companies in our space, and I've mentioned Rangold, but mm. Endeavour equally over the last five years has built a high-valued portfolio and really rewarded their shareholders. Yeah. Coming back to that mine gold, create value. We've done mining gold for 30 years. We haven't mm. always created value. And I think the way to do that is to capture synergies, um, have the right skill set, and ultimately have the right partnerships. So at Siama, we're partnering with people like Sandvik on the automation project. Mm -hmm. We announced a new power plant this mm -hmm. week, which we're partnering with Agreco. But the most obvious partnership is with the governments of Africa. You know, we're, mm. we're, we're equity partners with them. And the right number of mines, I think, is the ones where you can manage those partnerships correctly. So, so I, think, I think that's kind of interesting because, you know, companies evolve as, as, the, as they grow, they evolve. The types of skill sets evolve and change. So you've made some acquisitions. You've got, a, you know, you've got you know, four, four here, but you also talk about some uh, shares in other operating uh, mines as well. So again, I just want to come back to this. Is What, what does this picture look like that you're, you're, you're painting? What's the optionality there that you're trying to establish? Well, look back a little bit into Resolute's history. So mm. the Maco gold mine in Senegal we acquired during the year is our 10th gold mine. Mm. Um, but, you know, and we've explored, we've discovered gold mines, we've built gold mines in Australia and in Africa, mm. and we've acquired them. Uh, universally, the ones we've built, we've made money on for our shareholders. Uh, Maco will be a fantastic acquisition for us, but the, the, the reality about the ones we bought is they've been a bit hit and miss. Mm. Um, so I believe that why are we in Africa? Because it's where the gold is. We're a gold miner, um, huge exploration potential. How do we leverage that for our investors? We build gold mines. So although the, the primary objective has started with fixing Siama, which has been a mine for 30 years, and mm. turning it into a long-term cash flow generator. Yeah. The real ambition is to use those cash flows from mines like Siama and Mako to get on top of new ounce positions and build new gold mines that make money. You know, the, the business plan, if that's what yeah. you're asking for, is to acquire ounces for a fraction of their value, $50, $100 an ounce in the ground, right. build the me mechanism on top of them, the, the CIO plants or the crushers and the grinders mm -hmm. and roasters and everything else, that extract them at a margin of five or $600 an ounce. That's a great business. Pay a dividend to our shareholders, make lots of money. Right, so I mean, you're saying and doing all the right things it seems but you know you consider yourself what a miner now or you're a financier because it get, you've reached that stage where we're talking some big numbers right you don't, you don't grow a company quickly well, I think that. you know generally we're still a, a, a tiddler in the in the global landscape now with with Barrick having merged with Rangold and Newmont and the, the big miners I mean we as you say you know in 2008 we produced roughly 300,000 ounces this year we'll do 400 and next year we'll aim to to, to do close to 500,000 ounces and so we're starting right. to have significant cash flows but we're definitely a miner uh, we're, you know, we're a gold miner you're a gold miner but you've you got to finance all of this right yeah sure you know it's not coming out of cash flow so you know you've got some big choices to make there but how you get are you getting warm reception when you go and have that conversation with people because yeah. they're making money well we're getting good support from our bankers but ultimately right. you know we're listed on the australian stock exchange and yeah. we've come to london with a compliance listing we didn't raise any equity here uh, mm. to to access a London investor and ultimately you know the uh, the way we'll finance our minds ideally will be from cash flow but obviously right. we've got debt and equity opportunities right but how, how do you think the aim listing's gone obviously uh, it's, it's a standard listing on the main board right um, and I'm delighted with it we, we right. you know we uh, I think we're more relevant in this market I think London investors get Africa 
Deep, but do you think it's been a sort of tough three months, right? Because it has kind of come off a bit, like quite a bit. Oh, absolutely. Um, so why? Well, I think there was a, um, a liquidity flow out of mining generally. And in the gold space, the gold price dropped a bit and that always responds to issues. And then we had an operational issue at Siama. Um, and uh, unfortunately, we, we haven't adjusted our guidance. We were going to have a miraculously strong end to the year. Right. And, uh, a key element of our processing infrastructure at Siama is a roaster. Um, if you type that into your phone at Cortaker X to toaster, so a lot of people have been mm -hmm. asking me about my toaster, mm -hmm. but it, a roaster is, because of the nature of the mineralisation, a key component. Right. And unfortunately, uh, in September, we had a crack in the roaster, which we've had to repair. Right. Those repairs are ongoing and they've affected our production, and so you've seen a reaction in the share price. So that's been, the, and you're putting it down to that? You think people just don't, haven't understood? No, I think they have understood. It's a short-term problem. And so, right. you know, the number one rule of mining is don't stuff it up. Uh, the number two rule would be when you do stuff it up, which it happens from time to time, fix right. it quickly. So we're, we're focused on fixing that quickly. Uh, we've indicated to the market we expect the roaster to be operational again by mid-December. Um, next week I'll be down in Siama and I expect to see the roaster repairs completed. The team okay. have done a great job. And one of the things that we're seeking to demonstrate to investors is that we know the locations we operate. We, to come to your point, we are a miner. Yeah. Uh, and the way we demonstrate that is operating our mines successfully. And so... Um, it's unfortunate that we had this operational issue, but we'll fix it. Okay, and you would expect to or like to see a pop in the price again if you can go to the market and say, this is sorted, it was temporary. Yeah, I, I expect so. But you, you must be disappointed by such an adverse reaction to something quite simple? Oh, not really. I think, no. you know, I'm not a CEO who, most CEOs obviously claim that the markets are totally irrational because while they might price most mm. assets correctly, they're completely underpricing mine, for right. example, and that we should be worth more. Um, I think, look, you know, in the, we're covered by almost a dozen analysts and all of those have very positive share price targets mm -hmm. uh, and positive research. Mm. Uh, so look, there is an argument that we are uh, a good investment at current prices. Um, our job is to demonstrate to the market that Siama is a high valuable asset. I'm very confident we'll do that during 2020. The first step is to uh, very fix this short-term issue, yeah. and then demonstrate the strength of our catch flows. And that's had a bit of a bump on the ASIC, presumably. Uh, oh, this year, well, we've maintained our production guidance and, and taken a hit a little bit on the cost. So we right. were guiding 960, we're now guiding 1,020. Um, but we'll reset that next year with, with more positive guidance once the roast is fixed. Right. Okay. And I know the, the, you, you quote life of mine numbers for the ASIC, which is, you know, uh, you know forward-looking, etc. Yes. Quite attractive life of mine ASIC numbers must be said. Now some of that's down to automation. I spent a lot of time on the current presentation about autonomous vehicles and so forth. And so, and it is quite topical at the moment. So why have you taken that step? Is it just about margins or? It's primarily yeah. driven by the numbers. Uh, right. We okay. did a feasibility study on a manually operated uh, sub-level cave yeah. mine and the all-in sustaining cost was $881 across the life of mine. Uh, we then optimised that, and there were lots of improvements we made, but the yeah. two fundamental ones that resulted in the 747 US dollar life yeah. of mine cost that is now our ambition, and is intrinsic in our feasibility study, was the implementation of automation and a new power solution. And uh, the automation project's now complete. So if you come down to Siama, you see the world's first fully automated underground mine. Yeah. Automated drilling, automated loading, uh, and automated haulage. 
Okay. Uh, so no one underground and running that mine. Rocks come from the mine all the way to the ROM pad without ever having been manually handled. So uh, when people say like world's first to me, I always go, okay, you guys are taking the hit on the learning experience. Yes. You know, learning from the mistakes and learning hmm. about the optimization, et cetera. So you're probably conscious of that. Yeah, look, particularly in mining, you thought it was I think, worth it. You know, mining's the only. You, you, many industries wouldn't be proud of being uh, first to be second, which is often a, a claim among mining investors. Right. Um, uh, you know, the reality is is that automation has been coming into the mining industry for, for sure. fifteen years. Yeah. None of the equipment we're using um, is is being employed for its first time. And in fact, one of the things I did is travel yeah. around uh, the world looking at other underground mines where they'd retrofitted automation. Yeah. This is the first one where we purpose built and designed it. There are elements of it that are new. One of the world's first is the haulage trucks go from a laser guided underground environment to a GPS guided above ground. And that's never been done before in the world. And, and, um, and you're right that you know a small company like us making those sort of investments is unusual. But I think you know the, the challenge for mining is we want to keep doing things we've done before because of risk mitigant. Yeah. Um, but in a f- rapidly evolving technology rich environment where there's wonderful solutions, you have to step outside of the norm to adopt those. And mm. we're trying to get that balance right. You know, we've run ten gold mines. We'd like to use our uh, experience. Yeah. Um, but we're also willing to try new things. And ultimately, uh, the success of that is going to be shown uh, in the next year as we implement the system that's now in place and working at Siama. Okay, looking forward to seeing that because I think that's say being the first is is, is good and bad. Um, come well, back it's to only the, good when you make it work. Well, there you go. So if I look at again slightly coming back to the the, the business model here, you know, gold popped about three months ago. You know, everyone was delighted when that happened. It's been coming forever apparently, but it finally happened. Great for producers, explorers haven't really kind of seen the benefit of that. But for you as a producer, does that outlook? change the way that you define your business strategy, the way that you go about delivering? Because you've got a bit more cash available to you. So you've got a bit of debt in there. You're gonna, you've got some big plans, some big capex, all of that coming up. The pop in the gold price must be quite quite attractive for you. I mean, that's, that's a nice thing to have. I think that's the... the, the and I noticed the way you, is it? You, you try and allure me into that. <laughs> uh, look, okay. the, the, the challenge of the gold mining industry is to isolate yourself from that enthusiasm. Uh, and gold miners who chase the gold price uh, always produce the marginal ounce. Um, you know, the, uh, I, I, in a similar gold price environment in 2016, Resolute mm. was the best performing stock on the ASX 200 index. Mm-hmm. Um, and the big mining conference in Australia is the Diggers and Dealers conference yep. in Kalgoorlie in August. Um, and I went to that conference, and, and while we were the best performing stock, everyone's share, everyone gold miners, share price graph had the same angle. You know, started at the bottom left and went straight up to the top right. Um, and it was because of a commodity boom, and everyone's high fiving each other and, and t- talking about how smart we were. The presentation I showed to my management team, and certainly has been a huge uh, influence over how we try and run our assets, was at the same conference. Yeah. FMG presented that they'd taken their cash cost of delivering iron ore from fifty dollars a ton to thirteen. 
and that's yeah. a miracle. And if yep. we could do, if we could do, I said then, if we could do one small part of that in the mining industry, we'd be the best gold miner on the planet. Mm. So we're not chasing. You know, I think the the thing that gold miners need to be is disciplined. Mm. You know, obviously we'll enjoy higher gold prices. So to your point, yes, our cash flows look better. We bought an asset at the right time. The gold price went up. We yeah. look like geniuses. Yeah. But ultimately, be successful over the long term, we need to operate in a variety of gold prices because right. while it has gone up, it will come back down. Uh, it may keep on going. Great, we'll do even better. Mm. Um, but our job and the reason why we're willing to, to invest in technology and, and, and have the ambition to take our all in sustaining cost to 750 US dollars an yeah. ounce, because we may be operating in a $900 gold in price environment. Now, if we can be 750 and the gold price is 2000, sure. well, even better. Happy days. So, okay, you're cautious. Well, well, well done spotting that. Um, financiers, though, sometimes not so cautious. So are you finding your conversations easier to have as a result? Oh, not really. I think bankers, particularly debt financiers, are remarkably resilient to short-term commodity prices right. because, uh, you know, unlike investors, they've learnt the hard way of, of what happens when you chase the commodity price. Mm. Um, so we're not seeing a huge distinction. And as you right. said earlier, you're not seeing that higher gold price flow yeah. into you know heady economic um, equity support for the junior explorers. Sure, uh, I think the, the the market's a little bit more mature. But you're restructuring your debt or looking to restructure yes. your debt, right? So yeah. that does obviously suggest that either you're going to take it out over a longer period of time, or you believe you can get better a better deal. Look, bankers will lend on cash flow, and if those cash flows are supported by higher gold prices, then you, 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 you'll you'll get better supported credit. And so certainly our ability to borrow the the, uh, the funds we needed to secure the Toro Gold Limited assets mm -hmm. was supported by gold price and cash flow uh, improvement. So right. that's a positive for us and it creates more opportunity. Okay, so you've, you've curbed my over-enthusiastic mind and been quite sensible and quite prudent. What are the other things that you are looking to mitigate this year in this environment that we that we see? Uh, well, the, the most important thing, miners are risk managers. So w when we work underground, we've got to make sure that we have appropriate geotechnical support and that mm. uh, ultimately we're using the right people and the right techniques to keep our people safe and to protect our investors. Mm. Um, uh, I mentioned earlier that uh, you know we're in partnership in Africa with mm. governments and with everything else. So the most important thing we're doing at the moment is invest in our people and make sure that we have the right skill sets mm -hmm. in fixing the roaster, the right skill sets in managing our, our debt refinancing. Yeah. And, and I'm really excited about the team we're building at Resolute. It's a, it's a wonderful time to look around the industry and, and, and grab hold of good people. Well, I agree with you. It's all about the team. It's all about your direction for that team. And you know the team that you're building is going to need different skill sets. You're talking about an autonomous... Uh, you know, vehicle fleet there, you, that which has its own challenges and skills required. You, the, the, you're getting into some big, big numbers here with the type of uh, well, investments that you're you're going to make. So, you know, financially, you're a different sort of company from what you were four years ago when you joined. So, can you get, again give us give us a sense of what is what's your expectation from the team? What have, what challenges have you set them? What goals have you set them for the end of next year? Because share prices has done what it's done recently. You think you get a pop when you've kind of, you know, talk about, um, you talk about the Sayama roaster yeah. being fixed, etc. But what else is going to give that price a pop? Because as a shareholder, I'm looking at share price. Anyway, I make money. You guys make money in different ways. I, I think, look, we pay dividend. It's, build, it's um, linked to the gold revenue. So right. our production going up 
will lead to greater dividends, regardless okay. of the gold price. Yeah. Um, I think it's really important. Someone did ask me, what is the threshold for when they get physical gold? How much do they need to? Uh, any amount. If you any own amount. one okay. share and we okay. pay you two cents a share, you can take that in cash or in gold. Now, it'll okay. be a very, very small amount of gold. Okay. Okay. Um, and collecting it physically might be difficult, but ultimately you can. It's, um, okay. So we've done a partnership with the Perth Mint, who are our Australian refiner. They'll hold a depository account, just like you hold an account at Barclays or, yep. or, or any bank. Uh, and uh, you can get your dividends. Interesting. Okay. Anyway, back 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 to the goals you set your teams. I know yeah. you're. I'm very conscious. You're, I think everyone... one of the key goals we've set our team yeah. is to localize our workforce. So you, you, okay. you're linking, I think, into okay. You've got high technology minds. Mm. You've got skill sets. How do you do that? So we need to become a stronger training organisation. Right. And if you, you came go. to our booth here at the conference, we we've got a simulator in the booth where okay. we're teaching people in Africa yeah. how to operate this machinery. And so fundamental core concept. And all of our expats and our African minds now have development in their titles. So if you right. were previously the metallurgical manager, you're now the development metallurgical manager because your job is to make yourself redundant and train local people how to run the mine. That's a big challenge um, in an industry that's always relied on a lot of experience. Mm -hmm. but, but I think technology allows you to do that as well as a changing generational focus on education and workforce development and training. Um, that, that's a challenge. Our responsibility is pretty simple. Um, we need to be responsible with our capital, bring our costs down, um, and do what we say. So, you know, increasingly, what challenge have we set the team? We've set the team, the, the you know, very ambitious, as you mentioned. You know, we've, our costs currently are 1,000. We want to bring them down to the low 900s next year, and ultimately, mm -hmm. in the next three to five years, across our portfolio, we have an ambition to actually deliver 750 US dollar all-in sustaining costs. And that's why we're not necessarily linked to a production number. We don't care about producing okay. a million ounces. What we do care is the ounces we produce need to be lower cost. Brilliant. Okay. So that is what you target. You're very specific. You're very driven. Or everyone in your team is very driven towards that ASIC. That's the number. Absolutely. Brilliant. Thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it hearing the story. Thanks again. Thanks, Matthew. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast? or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.